This is the EWN Podcast Network. If you're someone that feels like you have a lot to say, but either you're afraid to say it, or you just feel like you're not being heard, then meet Carrie MacArthur. Hi, I'm Carrie. If you have ever felt like you're invisible or that you want to be invisible, like you've lost touch with who you are, I just want you to know that I understand. I was there and I have spent the last six years of my life reconnecting to myself, my power, and my purpose. And now it is my passion to help you to dare to find your voice. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. probably, what, six, seven years ago, Um, and I actually just interviewed her mom, Linda Phillips, um, on last week's podcast, but the two of these women have been such powerful examples of connecting to your virtue, the power of who you are, and using that as an anchor to just navigate through whatever life seems to hand to you, and um, I've just been really inspired by your entire family, and... um, Anyway, I'm very welcome. I'm very grateful, Brittany, to have you as part of this podcast, and I just want to welcome you. And um, why don't you just let us know a little bit more about who you are, and then I'll just kind of fill in the gaps of things that I see. Awesome. Thank you, Carrie. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a young mom of three little boys, and I got into fitness after my youngest was born. I was always interested in health but not so much the physical side of it. Um, My interest in health showed up when I was diagnosed with cancer when I was four, and I had leukemia. Um, Did three years of chemotherapy, and from a young age realized how important nutrition was. So I wanted to teach my kids the same, and I'm grateful that I was able to have kids, and my kids just this weekend made the connection that I wasn't even told I would be able to have kids. Um, so it was a big aha moment for them. I thought they knew this. I thought it was common sense in our house, but they just barely realized that I wasn't even supposed to have them. Wow. And my middle child was like, oh, so you figured out you could have kids and you chose to have three of us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I love you. <laughs> so, yeah, I kept playing with you guys. I loved you. Um, so yeah, from a young age, and having had cancer, I knew how important nutrition was, and it was like a good safeguard from prevention of other body issues or body elements. And then um, the year after my little brother died, I was feeling a void and missing him, and that's when I pursued fitness. He was a personal trainer and a bodybuilder, and we talked about it, but I was raising three really young kids at the time. And I kept saying, well, when my baby starts kindergarten, then, like, I'll go back to school. We'll do this together. We'll have so much fun. Like, let's have this personal training business together. Um, Didn't realize that we wouldn't be on the path together. So uh, it was actually Easter after he passed away that I was reflecting on life and death and figured, you know what, I'm going to register for the same certification he had. And then I made it a goal to be certified as a trainer by his birthday, which was July 2nd, and be able to go visit him and have it in my hands. So that put me on the path of where I'm at now, which is exactly where I need to be, exactly the friendships and the lessons that I've needed to have to support the life challenges that continue to pop up in life. Wow. So backstory a little bit. So when I first met you and your family, that was one of the first things I noticed was I was just learning the power of nutrition. I mean, I, could, I kind of had an idea, but at the same time, food was food, you know, and you guys were just so good at it. Always making, in my eyes, you're always making the right choices, always like choosing the better food. And I just thought it was so amazing. And you, you allowed yourself to to enjoy it as well. I know that you have a thing for donuts. We'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> it was just, it was really powerful to me and it was a family thing. Like it was the whole family and I was so inspired by that. And then also how active you all, you would all go running together. And, you know, and, and the first time that I ever met you, your mom and your brother, um, Brandon, we had gone to eat um, after a business meeting and you and Brandon ran outside and ran you jumped onto the roof of the, of the <laughs> restaurant and we're just laughing and having so much fun. So first of all, I was like, they just like jumped up there. That was nothing. Like, how did that even, how did they do that? And then second, I just, how much fun you guys were having. And then you, the whole family was just laughing and enjoying each other. And I was so inspired by that. And so, you know, thank you for that little, for the backstory on how you came to that, just because it was so powerful. But in the process, like I've watched you reach some pretty amazing goals, like fitness competitions and things like that. Can you tell us about that part of your life? Yeah, it's interesting how it evolved. I was just getting my personal training certification to be closer to my brother. I had no intentions of putting it to use or following through. And about a year after becoming a personal trainer, um, once I got the certification, then I was just curious, like, what could I do with this? So I took a few clients and I just, I started small, but here again was just to kind of feel him closer to me in the gym. And that's where the connection was. And I really wasn't into fitness, like I said, until my third baby. And then I thought, you know what? I don't want to be that mom that has the excuse of, well, I've had kids and I get energy levels are low and time is scarce. But at the same time, I still wanted to have a priority for myself. I just didn't realize how much of an impact that would be in the long run. Um, so, yeah, about a year after I was certified, I kept hearing a lot of trainers asking each other and myself if we were going to compete. And I'd never given it a thought. 
and I actually had visited Garrett at one of his shows before he passed away. And I remember like a month before his show, he called me up and said, Hey Brett, will you make me chocolate chip cookies when you come to the show? I was like, yeah, but you're being ridiculous. We're, we're a month out. Like you could have asked me two days before and I'd have made you cookies. Um, now having competed, I realized that, you know, you lower your sugar intake and your added junk food intake that his mindset was on these chocolate chip cookies. And if he knew they were taken care of the day after the moment after he walked off stage, then things were going in place a little bit better. So he had competed. I had showed up and supported him. And um, I think I just had a baby. So the, the picture that I have of him holding a trophy and me like super frumpy post baby really was a eye-opening experience. Um, but yeah, after I'd been asked a few times if I was going to compete and I kept pushing it off, I thought, you know what, this is another opportunity to go down the path of the, that Garrett had gone down. And, um, so I started competing in 2011 and then I chased that dream until I got my pro card, um, three years later with WBFF and I dedicated the show to my brother and wanted to go out with a bang because fitness competing is such a cutthroat world and not necessarily the healthiest choices all the time um as far as depleting your body and you look healthy but your mindset gets really messed up sometimes you're very focused on the vanity of the sport um so I was ready to to be done and the minute I was handed my my trophy and my title I knew that that phase had passed and I had gone after the title I wanted for the exact reason that I felt I needed. And I haven't stepped on stage since. So, but it, it definitely continued to put me in positions of meeting people that I still have lifelong friendships with and learning things that are still really helpful, even just conquering your mindset because it's such a, a tough game to do, a tough mm -hmm thing to get yourself into um and even now when I have clients say hey I want to get ready for a show I always ask them like well why would you want to do that <laughs> yeah um because if it's anything other than for themselves it's really not worth it so I love that so um in my program that I've developed because of my own journey and things that I've learned as I've you know gone along um I created this modality called voice find your voice and the v stands for finding the value of who you are and connecting to your core motivations and your core values. And then the next one is O for openness. And so by being, and for a lot of people, I believe that it doesn't start with the V, like the V happens as you do the rest. So there's openness, then there's intention to act, intentional action, and then clearing, you know, you clear out all of your old beliefs when you can prove to yourself new beliefs about yourself, right? And then you start to be that and express that. But for most people, I believe that it starts with being open to trying new things, being open to new ideas, and then intentionally acting on those. So I hear in your story that you were open. You were open to your brother's suggestion, and it might have taken you know, something hard to actually get into that intentional action. But you were open to the idea. And again, to the fitness um, competitions, you, know, you finally were open to the idea, and then you set your mind to it, and you became very intentional in your action. My mm -hmm. question for you is, and... Um, I didn't know I was going to ask this question until listening to you. So um, if you need time to think about it for a second, that is totally fine. Did you learn something about 
yourself, about what motivates you, about the value of who you are, that kind of a thing, as you are being open and intentionally acting on these two really big goals? Yes. Um, I think the overlying lesson that I learned, because physical fitness is a lot of breaking down your muscle and rebuilding it to get stronger. And you can physically feel it as you're working out and you're getting fatigued and you're getting tired, but you also at some point feel so much stronger because you were able to grab dumbbells or even halfway through the set, able to grab heavier dumbbells than you had started with. And I think throughout all these lessons, I've learned to be more resilient and kind of bounce back and get stronger and have um, trust in my mental strength. And so even though physically you can see your muscles growing, you can see them building, if you have had a very intense workout, you can see the pump, like literally see the pump as you walk out of the gym, that your shoulders are that much tighter, your biceps are that much tighter, um, to the point that I feel like I can feel that type of breakdown and growth in my mindset as I come across different challenges, um, where it's the same feeling, it's a muscle that you feel like you're breaking down and you have to learn a new way to grow, a new way to train it, a new way to think. Um, because a lot of things that have shown up in life are not things I've expected and or things I've planned for. And in my opinion, a lot of uh, challenges that have come up, I thought I've done everything to safeguard myself. I followed the rules. I have done what I was told and things should be different that having the mindset of being a fighter and needing to get the strength from that challenge is like the resistance that you need to move forward. And so when other things show up, instead of being completely defeated, you're able to be stronger and handle the next thing that shows up. Wow. Yeah, that's really awesome. And by doing that, like you said, you're learning that you're stronger. Is Are you clearing out maybe beliefs that you used to have that you I could never do that thing. Like, has there ever been anything yeah. that you've you've been in the middle of it and, like, you're looking back going, I remember saying, there's, I, there's no way I could ever handle this happening, and then here you are in it, and you're handling it. Does that, have you found yourself in that situation? Um, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> my most recent is my divorce. Um, I never thought I could handle it, and I fought the idea for years that I, I couldn't raise my kids. I couldn't the strength couldn't be the person they needed to I didn't know how to do things all on my own I don't know how to be an adult there's a lot of things I know in different categories um but when life came down to it it was a decision that was important to be made to help my children and um just a few weeks out of finalizing the divorce right now Mm -hmm. I realized um I actually can do it, and it's not always fun, not always the choice. Often I, I say it's you know definitely not the choice I wanted. I would have chosen differently had all the, the right things lined up to stay in the marriage I wanted to be in. Um, but I definitely have learned things of being more resilient right now and, and clearing those limiting beliefs that I can't. Um, I've learned to replace them very quickly with positive high vibe affirmations because it's not true. And if, you know, I kept breaking it down, like, well, can I, yeah, I can, can I do this? Can I handle being a mom who is on deck all the time or is 
the person in charge. Can I financially support my family? Can I emotionally, can I spiritually? Like even the spiritual side has been another life lesson that I've learned. Um, and one I've been resistant to. And then um, my kids have played a huge role in it. So, it, you know, I've said I can't one way or that I, I'm very closed in being super religious. And then my son will come home from an event or um, an experience with friends and ask, you know, if we can go to church. And so my kids have gotten us back to church. And so it was like Heavenly Father knew I was resistant to one direction, but I was open to another. Um, so there have been a, quite a few experiences in the last year that I said I wouldn't ever or I can't. And maybe the path that I thought, I thought was the direction of I can't or I won't or I am not able to is shown up in another way. And then the ultimate destination is the same that I didn't think was a possible. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that ultimate destination and also um, the high five celebration that you talked about. So we've talked about chocolate chip cookies and we've talked about donuts. Do you feel like listening to you in so many things that you've said both now and anytime I've ever talked to you, it feels to me like you're somebody who, if you know what you're going for, you can go for it. So, you know, like your brother Garrett, like, did you say a month or two before the competition was preparing mm-hmm. his chocolate chip cookies, like his reward at the end and I know you have your donuts at the end of your, you know, certain goals. Um, and you can tell us more about your donuts because to me it's... Or the so end of fun. every day. At the every end of every day to get through every, whatever it is. It's like that's your reward though, right? It and is. And then even with your divorce, you were just saying, like, you made a decision and you had a goal to have it end um, in, a, in a very amicable way instead of, you know, sometimes you hear about it being you know, a lot of fighting or whatever, and you had a goal to remain best friends with this person Mm -hmm. that you, you know, you've been a partner with in life, and it feels like even that's happening. So tell me about that. Like, I might have over-talked it, but... No, no, no. Um, I have a picture of how I I want things in my life to look, and like I mentioned earlier with, you know, getting us back to church or staying in my marriage... I, I have an idea of what I want and the path keeps changing. And so learning that I have to be open to it has been an interesting journey. Um, my brother died from an addiction. And so I was not unfamiliar with that process and that it was truly a disease. And um, I do think he would have chosen differently. He didn't understand the full weight of what was around him. Um, and it was a similar thing with my, with my marriage. Um, addiction played a huge role in it and ultimately changed the person. And, um, I didn't, I resisted divorce because I didn't want that standard view of it where you hate each other because I still very much love my husband and I didn't want it to ever get to that point. And I didn't ever want it because I didn't want to stop loving the person that I'd married. And we were married for 16 years. And um, it just came to a point where I wasn't being myself and I wasn't being authentic to myself. And he was not either, but it isn't fully out of his control because alcohol was a huge factor. 
Um, however, when we followed through on the decision, we both also made the decision to be friends and not make it any worse for our children. So it was a, a very quick process. Um, we filed together and we agreed on everything together and he still lived with me for two months. And it, you know, we've technically been divorced since December, but he just barely moved out a week ago. So two months together and the second day he'd moved out, I went over for dinner with the family and I'm headed over to dinner tonight. And it's just, it is nice and refreshing to still have a friendship because we both still care for each other a lot and love each other. Um, we just didn't work well together. My idea of what I wanted my lifestyle to be and what he was able to be at the time didn't match up. And I have the biggest hope that things can change. And I told him, um, you know, get your mindset right and get your life on track and let's go on a date again. So, you know, there may be some time needed there, but I have no intention of running out and finding a replacement because that's not where my heart is. That's not where my mindset is. Um, but yet my idea of what our life together would be like isn't what the expectations were, but it's not bad either. And I think that comes down to the choice. There are many times where I could choose to react or act differently in situations, as could he. And um, we still sit by each other when we go to our kids' orchestra performances. We call each other. We check in on each other. So if anybody didn't realize we weren't married, they probably wouldn't know it if we showed up together. Mm. That's awesome. So you had, you always seem to have a goal in mind, like the goal that, you know, it, it may not look like you think it's going to in the middle, but you had that goal together to, you know, make it the best possible mm -hmm. scenario. So what do you do to get through each day then? Um, do you have a goal of how you want your day to end? Do you have like, you know, ultimately I have a goal of how I want to feel at the end of the day. Awesome. And, um, over the last two to three years, I focused on being happy with myself at the end of the day. And there's many times where, even with my kids, where when I pick them up from school and all three of them want to tell me five different stories at the same time, and it's really stressful for me, the last thing I need to do is to come down on them and yell at them because it's, it ultimately comes down to myself. And the reason I often get mad at my kids is because I'm not being present with them. So being present with them has become a huge goal for me. Um, but ultimately being happy. Um, and that can look different for everyone. Mm -hmm. But to feel comfortable and happy with who I am at the end of the night is usually when I've been authentic to myself and been present with my children. And I struggled for a long time to speak my mind. Um, I'm a very bold person in a lot of ways, but actually saying what I think or what I feel I often hide because I don't want to offend somebody. And then when I actually speak my mind and somebody's like, okay, cool. I'm shocked because I expect them to be like, well, that was kind of rude, but they aren't. And, um, even in building my business, I've come to learn, like if someone's offended by what I do or what I say, then they're not my people. And it's, you know, the same interaction. And I think that comes down to the fact that 
I'm not a bitter negative person, so I'm not going to lash out at somebody maliciously. But when I'm true to how I want to feel, um, then I, I'm pretty genuine with how I treat somebody. And you know, one of the big things has been learning to say no. And that comes down to like people pleasing and being true to myself and how I want to feel because I do overcommit myself. And I say yes to a lot of things I really ultimately didn't want to do or didn't want to show up at or commit to. And so saying no and focusing on how I want to feel have been important. That's awesome. So again, it comes down to figuring out who you are, what it is that makes you tick, what is the most important to you, and then staying true to that, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, the foundation of really being able to live the life that you desire to live, which you've been learning and like, not only learning, but doing very well for as long as I've known you. Um, So that's really awesome. And one of the things that I've learned in my coaching training and with, you know, even coaching is that people are really ultimately looking for a feeling. A lot Mm -hmm. of times we attach that feeling to a thing, a particular thing, a particular status, you know, like the the pro card in the fitness competition or the the certificate, you know, that was a feeling of wanting to be connected to your brother and then just a feeling, I don't know what your feeling you were going for with the the pro card, you know, but you probably know. It probably felt really amazing. Um, And then happiness with your family, happiness at the end of the day, knowing that you've been authentic and true to yourself and to your family and the things that matter. That's really, really cool. So again, I'm going to come back just because I'm, I'm, I've wondered, but I've watched you and I, I've also kind of know what, what your answer will be in a little way. How can somebody earn a pro card in a fitness competition and be so in love with donuts and allow herself to eat donuts at the same time? So I, I think there's a philosophy in there that's so important, but I want to hear your elaboration. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. Well, the fun answer is you have to dislike chocolate and then you can fill all those calories with donuts because I do not like chocolate or peanut butter. (laughs) So I fill all those calories with donuts instead. But honestly, it comes down to moderation and enjoying life. And my first year of competing, I didn't have donuts and I didn't have fun and they're not necessarily correlated but I just didn't have that balance. I didn't understand it. And um, I finally learned, I, I think I did about seven or eight shows. And toward the end of my couple shows, I learned how to balance it in and how to also slow down and have fun. It took crashing a car my second to last show mm-hmm. because I wasn't present. I had my kids in the back seat. I was two weeks out from a show hadn't had carbs for a couple hours and I was already putting too many hours in at the gym to be that deficient, wasn't paying attention and forgot to stop. Ended up running into the back of a car and um, that was eye-opening because it was symbolic. I wasn't paying attention to a lot of my life and I was just focused on finishing the show, getting there um, and not slowing down. And so I did one more show after that and then that's when I took a break because I didn't like the person I'd become. I got too out of balance. I wasn't enjoying the small things. And to me, donuts are just happy. And my sister tried to help me break it down once as to why I'm so obsessed with donuts. And um, I think it's just such a little kid excitement because donuts are fun. And 
I think most every little kid has had a donut. And if you ask them if they want a donut, they're, of course, going to want a donut and be super excited about it. And I love the pink sprinkled donuts the best because they seem the most colorful and the most fun. And um, so to me, donuts just represent being a child again and being so happy. And it's so simple. I love that. Now, obsessed with donuts, you don't, like, she has um, leggings, right? You have leggings covered with donuts. I have <laughs> leggings. I have Converse. I have a formal dress, actually. Oh, God, <laughs> I have not seen that. <laughs> I wore it to my birthday. Um, I have multiple shirts. I will have, yeah, I have shelves of donut pillows. I have a pool, inflatable donuts. I have notebooks with donuts. Um, Your clients bring you donuts, right, for after the workout? They do. Um, uh, yeah, my boot camp class brings me donuts. One of my clients walked into her session holding a box of donuts. Um, I really, really do love the way donuts taste. But to me, they just, they do represent that, like, happiness. Because you can't but smile when you see a donut. I agree. I agree, honestly. And or I, laugh at the stupidity of having them in the gym. <laughs> All of that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way they smell. <laughs> Excuse me. I love the way they look. It's not necessarily my favorite treat, but I get the because like you said, of that experience of just the donut shop is like, mm-hmm. anyway, I think it just speaks loads to how important it is to enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. We all know that we're in for... A challenge. We all know that you know things are going to be hard. We're going to be broken down to be built up and to be made stronger. And it's so much easier to do that when we have things to look forward to and we have things to celebrate. And I know that you and your mom, you know, celebrate with your tiny habits. Celebration is a big part of that. Huge part. Yeah. Huge part. Yeah. That's one of the things that I've learned as I've gone along. Is I've been really in this personal growth thing, and it was painful for a long time. And I knew that eventually it would not be painful anymore. But it wasn't until I started to really um, look for fun every single day that I really began to move quickly. And Mm -hmm. it really began to just like settle in. And and it wasn't that I hadn't grown through the pain, right? But I'll even have people now as I'm coaching, they're like, it's just so exhausting. I'm like, I know it is. It's really exhausting. And you have to have fun. You have to learn to celebrate. You have to have something to look forward to. So that's one of the things that I even coach on is like 100 days of, of fun. Was one yeah. of, no, 100 Days of Laughter was one of my very first things that I did that really helped me to enjoy the moment, even in the hard stuff. And that's exactly what you, I probably learned it, you know, through osmosis by watching your family, because you just always were about fun no matter what. So, um, at least as far as I've known you. Um, so I'm inspired by you and your family and with everything you've had to share. Is there anything else you want to mention? Like, what are you doing now? How can people get in touch with you if they want to know more about you as, um, you know, what you're doing now or in fitness or anything else? Well, I love Instagram the most. So I do posts on Instagram. Um, But in the next two to three weeks, I'm launching a blog. And um, I have a strong foundation and love of fitness. But like we've talked today, there's more to life than fitness. And in my life, it seems to the more to life is challenges. Um, But at the same time, um, learning to deal with those challenges and not be that person that nobody wants to hang out with because you're so negative and you're just going to talk about it the whole time. Um, So I want to blog about just life and how it's challenging, but you can find happiness in it and um, you just got to dig 
deep some days, deeper than others some days. Some days it's right there. Um, so yeah, I'm going to start blogging life a little bit better and um, explain some of the tools I've learned through the last couple of years. And then um, I have three young boys that are starting to want to be ripped and have bigger muscles than my, we often have like flex offs and I still win. But my 12 uh, year old, my middle son is pretty close to me. So I got to step up my workout game. However, I have learned a lot about fitness and I feel like it would be a huge disservice not to teach my children. And so I'm designing a mom and kids program so that you can work out with your kids and um, teach them because I think it's just as important to be healthy and strong as a mom as it is to teach your kids the lessons so they don't get to be young adults and wonder like, well, why, why do I have these issues or why do I not know how to work out or keep my body healthy? So yeah, in the next two to three weeks, I'm launching a mom and kids program and my blog. So those are my current projects that I'm excited for. Awesome. What is your Instagram name? Herlene Fitness. Herlene. So my last name and the word fitness. And is there an underscore? I'm trying to remember. No. Nope. Nope. They're just okay. smashed together. Awesome. And then we'll put that in uh, in the show notes um, until people can find you and then, you know, go awesome. from there. My very last question is, and all my listeners know that um, I'm all about looking for the good news in life. You know, we're so surrounded by hard stuff, by bad news, by, you know, just the news in general is, can be so depressing. And so I like to ask people, what's the good news in your life? What's something that you can share in your life that might go unseen by, you know, the bigger world, but that is just really a bright light? Yeah, yesterday I was invited to kick off the 40th year anniversary of Candlelighters Cancer Society being in Nevada. And um, I met the sweetest little six-year-old girl who was in the middle of her fight for her battle against leukemia yesterday. And she and I got to kick off the race down the Las Vegas Strip and um, carry a torch together for a quarter of a mile. And it was just so touching to meet her. And it was definitely meant to be a friendship between the two of us on many levels. Um, the race started at 7.30, and we were still hanging out at about 1.30. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so we spent breakfast together, the part of our race together. She and my kids and I played in the playground, waiting for the rest of the relay runners to make it across the finish line. And it just made everything so real and so and, and slowed us down to realize what really was important. And to me, that has been connections and being present and my kids and I didn't have our phones in our hands the whole time. We weren't trying to check everything. We were able to make a new friendship and connect on a deeper level with somebody going through a battle that I fought 25 years ago. And um, I know my mom talked to her mom for a while, and mom's connecting over the fact that their daughters had been diagnosed. I was diagnosed when I was four, and this little girl had just reached her sixth birthday. So there was a lot of similarity there and we started the race hand in hand and a couple jogs into the race she was tired and I put her up on my shoulders and continued to carry this torch that she was terrified of because it was fire um and we handed off the torch and got to the end of our leg of the race and kept talking and she was playing with my hair and 
Um, she's recently lost her hair and it's starting to grow back and things that I take for granted were brought to my attention because she said, you know, when I, when I get older, I want to have long hair like you. And, um, you know, just, she has big dreams and is going to fight her fight. And it just, it was such a good day. Uh, she invited me to go on her next road trip with her. She just got home from her Make-A-Wish trip to Disney World and told me the movies she'd watched of all her Disney princesses and invited me to go on a road trip, which she meant drive home with her after the race. Oh. <laughs> so um, when we got to the end, she even asked her mom if I was allowed to ride home with her. Oh. Wow. Uh, and then driving home, my kids were heartbroken that Mia couldn't come home with us that day. So she made a huge impression to my kids, and it opened up conversations such as my knowing if I'd have kids. It opened up that conversation with my kids and gave them a, a new respect of being alive because then we had a conversation of, like, you know, I could have had a life without them. Yeah. Um, wouldn't have been my choice, and I'm very grateful that it wasn't that way. Yeah. Um, or the fact that Mia is still fighting for her life while their bodies are strong, and what are you going to do to help other people that don't have that ability? So it was a great day yesterday, and even at the end of the day when we were driving home, and my kids mentioned how how much fun they had and how amazing yesterday was, their direct correlation to the day was spending time with, with Mia and being of service to somebody else. That's fantastic. So it's all about the little moments. It's all about finding the miracles and about connections and, you know, just hanging on to each moment to get through to the next one, right? Mm -hmm. And it's more about just getting through, right? When we do that, um, at least to me, it doesn't feel like I'm having to get through. It's just I get to live and look forward to the next moment, right? Well, and there's always going to be hard moments. That that's what we signed up for. That's life. Yeah. And um, like my dad is currently struggling with Alzheimer's, and that's made our family be a lot more present, in my opinion, and and reevaluate what's important. So when he gives us a call halfway through the day and wonders what we're up to, then we try to figure out the rest of the day of what really is important so we can get over there. Um, but you know, there there are moments where. We think, well, this really stinks and not what we want. But there's there's always a choice in the hard moments of, okay, well, how can we make this the best that it's going to be? Because um, life's going to always give you challenges. It's just how you figure them out, how you choose to deal with them. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. When my brother died, there were a lot of days that I didn't want to choose yeah. to be happier, to find the positive in it. But looking back, there's a lot of small choices throughout that process that made it a lot better. My siblings, there's eight of us. Yeah. And we've always been really, really close and each other's best friends. And when we're all in town or even a couple of us are in town, it's, it's a party. And it's often that midnight donut run because in Vegas there's quite a few 24-hour donut shops. Uh -huh. um, but we're always up to spend time together. And losing my brother just brought us even closer together where it could have split other families up. Um, my mom raised us really well. My my parents raised us really well, knowing that we were always each other's best friends. Um, but we still had the choice, and it always comes down to what we choose, how we want to feel, what the ultimate outcome is. And um, so it's just figuring all that out, in my opinion. Because I, I don't want to teach my kids that life's going to be easy. 
and then be disappointed or have false expectations that it was going to be a different way because it's not. So I've tried to focus on teaching them to figure it out to be the best that it can be at that moment. And it will always get better. And then they're just going to get stronger, whether it's physically stronger or mentally stronger to handle what they get. Yeah. Awesome. About being vulnerable and real in the moment and showing that it can be done. That's the best gift we can give our kids, right? Mm -hmm. And each other. Because like I said, and, your family's blessed me immensely. And so it's been really amazing. To well, and it doesn't serve me to learn the lesson just for myself. Like there is a lot of power in learning it myself. But there's even more when I can teach my kids that this happened. This is how I'm choosing to handle it. So that when something happens, they can choose to handle it the same way and also share it. There's, you know, when you're vulnerable and you can lift somebody else, um, it's a lot of people are going through very similar things, but they're too scared to share or they don't want to be judged for it or looked down on. Mm -hmm. And when you can say, look, I'm going through this and, you know, let's, let's be friends. Wow. Or let, let's help each other. If you have some insight that I'm not aware of, let me know. And, um, yeah, so being open enough, vulnerable enough to share your challenges and not in a way to air your dirty laundry because that's going to pull your vibe down and not – you're just staying in that high-vibe situation, and you can feel the difference. Yeah, you can. Um, and just learning to connect to people, share – challenges so you can lift each other and often my connecting with people are my children so I can be open and share with them so they can learn that's amazing that's the reason that I started being more open and vulnerable and I didn't realize it would be the power that it is it's mm -hmm. just I had nowhere else to go and I had been you know enduring things inside because I didn't want to be seen as someone who couldn't do it or someone who was negative or somebody who would complain or whine so I did everything inside so nobody knew especially the people I was closest to what I was going through so they didn't see <clears throat> so when they came to challenges it's like well I mean I'm putting words in their mouth but it was almost like well I I can't come to her because she doesn't understand what challenges are mm -hmm. type of a thing so I had to start being very open very vulnerable and I had nowhere else to go but that's exactly why I do it for my kids and in the meantime, it's it's changing me as a person, and so yeah, but vulnerability is all about connection. That's what the power is all about. And there need, is so much other, power, right? Yeah, there's a lot of power. So that's one of my biggest soapboxes, and I'm so glad that came up because if I could um, narrow what I'm all about to one word, it would be vulnerability. So thank you for sharing that, for being so vulnerable, so willing to just. Let us know who you are through your heart and letting us see that, wow, if she can do it, I can do it. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, yeah well, I think that right there is a big key because um, even going through my divorce process, um, I could be very beat down and angry and bitter, but knowing that other people have gone through it and um, it does make it easier, knowing that other people have gotten stronger, they've grown from it, um, it gives you hope that you can get to the end of it. Um, going through the grieving process of losing my brother, other people have survived it. So you know it's possible. Your way of possible, your way of getting there is going to be different. But at least connecting with somebody who has gone through the same heartache 
definitely gives you hope. Exactly. Wow. And the ways everybody gets through it, I think, even enhances. It might not be the same for you, but your way connects with to someone that someone else's way maybe couldn't. You know, or sparks so, an idea, for sure. Yeah. Like, even this is how I do this. It may not be your style. But in me saying how I do this, you take your own turn on it, and it does work so much better for you. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. I'm just, I could go on and on and on for hours. I me love too. this conversation. It's fantastic. It's what it's all about. So I appreciate you very much. And um, I know that, yeah, next time we'll talk, you'll have a new you know, story or maybe 20 stories to share on how you've risen to the occasion and just blossomed. And I'm just really excited to watch that happen. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for being willing to join us today. Thank you for asking me. You're welcome. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. is the EWN Podcast Network.